Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hey, podcast fam. It is post-podcast recording. Claire here, reporting to you before you hear what I actually recorded for today's episode because I did kind of a silly thing, and after a year of podcasting, you would think I would learn... But alas, I haven't. I left something on while I was recording today's episode that shouldn't have been on, and as a result, the sound quality sounds a little weird and a tad bit fuzzy, but unfortunately, I didn't realize until after I had already concluded the 40-minute episode that I did in one take, so work smarter, not harder. (laughs) We're not going to redo this episode, but even though the sound quality is a little bit funky, I hope you still enjoy. And yeah, that's all I have. Here we go. Cross your fingers. Bye. Hey, podience. (laughs) Welcome to episode 66 of the Yours Truly podcast. Happy Wednesday. If you are here tuning in live time on the day this was released or happy whatever day of the week it is when you are listening to this. I am so incredibly glad that you are here and since today's episode is going to be about expressing gratitude and how to bring a gratitude practice into your daily life and your intuitive eating journey, I figured it might be appropriate to start off this episode with me simply offering a statement of gratitude for you, telling you how how grateful and thankful that I am are those synonyms probably that you come to the podcast week after week or you're tuning in for the first time today and that you allow me to spend a little bit of time with you metaphorically speaking in your day but I couldn't be more excited to record these podcasts every single week because I really believe it's a format that can add so much value so I really hope you are receiving that value and I am so incredibly grateful for you being here and supporting the podcast. So before I give too much away, because yes, we are talking about the attitude of gratitude, if you couldn't tell from the name of today's episode. But before we get into that, I want to take a couple of moments and do a little life chat, life update. I I feel like it's been a while since I've spoken to you all because I had a little bank of podcast episodes that I kind of recorded all at once and I've been releasing them week after week. So I feel like it's been a while since I've sat here in front of my microphone and I have been a little bit of here, there, and everywhere. I don't know about you, whoever is listening, but do you ever feel kind of scattered when you travel? Like you're traveling from one place to the other and your stuff is in like a million different bags and you've been living out of a home that isn't yours and it's just so easy to feel a little bit all over the place when you have literally been all over the place in your physical body. So I have just returned home from about a week and a half of straight traveling. I was in Philadelphia for 
FENCI, as the cool kids say, but it's called the Food and Nutrition Conference and Expo. It's pretty much the Super Bowl event of the year for registered dietitians. Like 15,000 some dietitians come to a different host city every year, and we learn about nutrition, of course, what we love doing. So this year I was super, super happy to see that there was a big session on intuitive eating given by the original intuitive eating pros, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush, and there were also a gathering of seminars on eating disorder topics and improving the relationship with food and movement and how the science of that can connect to how we work one-on-one with clients. So I was super happy to see a representation of some stuff at Fency that hadn't been there in past years. And also I had the wonderful opportunity to speak to a group of registered dietitians in a smaller breakout session hosted by my coach and mentor, Tony Steffen, but I I spoke to the group on intuitive eating coaching and how to learn if it's the approach for you and if it is, how to think about taking that approach with your clients. So if any registered dietitians are listening to this podcast and you would like to see my notes from the presentation, I know there's going to be a recording at some point. I don't know quite when, but if you'd like to see my notes and kind of some of the stuff that I discussed there, I would be more than happy to share it with you. After that little event, not a little event, but quite a large event wrapped up, I was home for about a day, talked to some of my awesome clients, and then I was off to Arizona, which I have learned that I went to Arizona at like the perfect time of the year. Maybe if you're listening and you've been to Arizona or maybe you live in Arizona, you will know that this time of year out there is gorgeous. It was sunny. It was warm enough, but not too hot. So I got to do a little bit of exploring, but everyone was responding to my story and telling me, that I can't go back in the summer or if I do, I'm going to get super sweaty and it's just like unbearably hot. But I hear there's a joke out there that everybody says it's a dry heat though it's a it's a dry heat so it's not that bad <laughs> actually the the photo in our Airbnb where we stayed had it's a dry heat literally printed about 20 different times on this one canvas so apparently it gets real warm out there but we went during a good time of the year so I was out in Arizona for uh, my business coach and mentor I just mentioned but we had a mastermind retreat for a group group of dietitians and nutrition professionals to connect, to grow, to strengthen our skills as coaches and as business owners, which is super, super important. I feel for anyone who works pretty independently or anyone who works alone. I work from home most days. I speak with my clients who I love, but that that human-to-human face-to-face connection is often missing from this online platform. So it was super awesome to have the opportunity to connect face-to-face with so many of my colleagues and my friends. And what I wanted to do before we hop into the podcast on the attitude of gratitude is I wanted to share three main takeaways or three things that really stuck with me throughout my time traveling in general, but mostly from this retreat experience in I almost said Costa Mesa, but that's in California, in Tempe. There we go. Not Tempe like the food, but Tempe. But to share a couple of my experiences from this retreat, and they are 
in relation to business, but I'm bringing them up here because I really do believe that they translate pretty darn well to what we talk about here on the podcast with intuitive eating. So I'm going to put a little spin on them and make it hopefully applicable to you who might be listening. So the first thing that I am really taking away from this experience, like I mentioned a couple of moments ago, that was really rooted in connection and sharing and growing closer to people is that in moments where things seem really hard, I think there's a natural human tendency to want to lean out and keep to ourselves because maybe we think, well, if I'm struggling, but no one else knows and I keep it to myself, then no one's going to think I'm weak or everybody's going to think I have it all together. I see this happening all of the time in the intuitive eating and in the nutrition space when we are going through a low moment or a time that might be really challenging, we oftentimes just want to close off and we don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable and we don't want to accept the help from other people. But in reality, it's in those moments where we need the support of other people. I always tell my clients that You don't have a coach like myself for when things are going really awesome. You have a coach for when moments happen where you don't know what to do or you really start to be hard on yourself or get down on yourself. So a coach is meant there to meant meant to be rather um, for you there in all of the moments, but especially there for you in moments where you're feeling really negative. So um, lean in, not out is kind of how I'm phrasing this one. And I think it's so important to have some sort of outlet, whether that's a family member, a spouse, a friend, a community, or a coach in this context, so that when you are having one of those moments where you're starting to retreat inward and say, no, I can handle it all on my own, where you have them there to be that listening ear, to be that support so that you don't have to struggle in silence. Because the more that we do that, the more we bottle things up, whether it's related to food, life, business, whatever it might be, we really dig ourselves a hole that can be hard to get out of and really easy to feel down, down, down in that hole. So if you're going through a moment in your intuitive eating journey, in your relationship with movement, exercise, like I said, really anything in your life and you feel like you don't have that community support, I would love to have you in our free private Facebook community, the Yours Julie Goal Slayers. Here in a couple of moments, I will share how you can join and actually take part in our Attitude of Gratitude Month, which yes, you guessed it, is the reason why this episode is titled that. But before I get ahead of myself, I just want to say if you're looking for that community to lean into and find people who have similar lived experience and can help you through these moments that can be tough in this journey, then I might have just the place for you. So hold hold your horses on that thought and we will come back. So the second takeaway that I wanted to share here on the podcast from my retreat is hashtag fail forward. So to be completely honest, I don't really like to use the word fail. Because I don't know about you, but when I hear that word, it automatically makes me feel terrible inside. 
Has that ever happened to you where you hear a word and your association is so strongly negative that you just don't want to use the word because it makes you feel awful? Well, that is how I feel about the word fail, but I have to say fail forward has a really nice ring to it. So what I mean by this is when you have a moment that doesn't go your way, again, this could be in any area of life. It could be business. It could be in your food and nutrition and intuitive eating journey, which is really how I want to imply this. It could be in a relationship, really anything that you might do. And the moment doesn't go how you would have liked. It doesn't go how you planned. It maybe felt a little bit chaotic or maybe a little bit air quote out of control, as we say, in relation to food especially. But when that moment just doesn't add up to your expectations, instead of getting really down on yourself and picking yourself apart and leaning out rather than in, as we were saying in takeaway number one, I would really encourage you to just get curious in that moment. Meet that experience with neutrality, with an obstacle observation saying, okay, this happened to me. Maybe I ate more than I felt good eating at a meal, or I didn't honor my my fullness, as we would say with intuitive eating. Instead of meeting that and blaming ourselves and shaming ourselves and downward spiraling into that pit of negativity, an alternative route could be, okay, I overate a little bit. I feel kind of uncomfortable and that's okay because I'm human and things like this are inevitably going to happen on my journey to healing my relationship with food. How might I be able to handle this a little differently next time? So maybe the outcome is one that I can learn from rather than one that I have to feel negative about. So for example, with this analogy or with this specific example, could you look at it and say, Did I enter this experience being really hungry? Did I not honor my hunger earlier in the day? And then my primal drive to eat and nourish my body maybe led me to eat more than I needed, not because of a lack of willpower, not because of a lack of control, but because my body was really hungry and it thought that we were in famine mode, right? Um, Maybe you could even say, well, Next time, uh, could I maybe be a little bit more present in what I'm actually doing? Was my mind elsewhere this time? Or maybe you can think, well, if I kept eating, was that maybe an indication that I wasn't feeling satisfied with this meal? So what maybe could I add to the meal next time that might better align with what I actually wanted or what I need to feel satisfied? Do you see what I kind of did there and how many questions that I asked myself? So again, something to remember when you're in these moments and something didn't go how you would have liked, how you would have planned. Instead of getting really down on yourself, meet that experience with questions. Put your intuitive eating detective monocle on, as I tell my clients, and figure out how you might be able to better understand what happened what the triggers might have been, and how you might be able to move a little bit differently in the moment next time. So hashtag fail forward. We don't like the word fail. So maybe it's just move forward with questions. Can we do that? I don't know. That doesn't roll off the tongue as well as fail forward does, but whatever floats your boat or floats your goat, as I like to say, you can move forward with that. So the last thing that I want to share is you will grow more from your no's than your yeses. And also, I don't know how to spell yeses. Can anybody let me know? I have it written down here on my paper with yes apostrophe s. 
but it honestly looks really weird to have two S's right next to each other. So if you're a grammar king or queen, please let me know how you spell yeses. So this takeaway, of course, in the moment when I learned it was related to business and how we grow more from the things that don't go our way or when we get told no or we lose out on an opportunity than from those times when everything goes our way. Again, it kind of builds on that second takeaway. But I think this can have a lot of application, again, to your intuitive eating journey and to the process of healing the relationship with food. Kind of going back to this fail forward analogy, when we feel really down on ourselves, maybe when we've had a air quote no moment or a moment that didn't lead up to our intuitive eating expectations, you are going to learn more from that situation by asking those questions that I just gave you than you ever would if you sat there and you picked yourself apart from what happened for what happened in that situation. So again, I encourage you to meet those experiences with curiosity, saying what is there to learn here? What is there to grow from? Because I think we can all agree if everything always went perfectly and if you were able to read the book Intuitive Eating and flawlessly implement its 10 principles into your life, then you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast and everything would be a heck of a lot easier and we wouldn't really have that many learning opportunities. In my opinion, it might be a little bit boring. And I know that can be frustrating to hear because no one likes to feel like they have failed or they haven't um, added up to their own expectations. But I think it is a really important reframe if we can take those moments that didn't go go super well, quote unquote, to our standards and flip them around saying, what is the opportunity to learn? How can I grow in this moment? And how can I come out of this experience feeling even stronger and more rooted in a positive relationship with food than I did beforehand? I think something that many of my clients might agree upon If any of my current clients are listening, maybe you can let me know if this is something that you feel, but I think all of their tough moments in this journey have led them to a place now where they know how to handle those moments, where they can pull themselves out of that pit of negativity a little bit faster and have those down moments be fewer with with less time, no, fewer with more time in between. Less frequent, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So any of my clients out there, let me know if that resonates or anyone listening in general, let me know if it resonates with you, that you are going to grow more from the struggles and the trials and tribulations more than the times when everything is hunky-dory and going exactly your way. So those were three of my main takeaways. Honestly, (laughs) my friends, if you could see my notebook right now, it is scribbled everywhere with takeaways and with lessons that I have learned from my week and a half of traveling, but those were the ones that I wanted to share because like I mentioned before, I think they can really carry over to your intuitive eating journey. So the last thing that I wanted to mention here, since I talked about traveling and how I was doing it for what felt like for me to be a rather extended period of time, I will throw out there that I didn't really put out a ton of content this go round on intuitive eating while traveling or having a healthy relationship with food while you are on the go, but that does not mean it isn't important. And I wanted to actually direct you back to episode 
episode 49, I believe it is, or I know it is rather because I looked it up before I hopped on here to record. But if you are in preparation for a trip, for being away from your home, or your normal routine, whatever that might look like for you, I highly recommend that you give episode 49 a listen to get a couple of tactical tips on how you can continue improving your relationship with food and nourishing your body, how it needs to be nourished while you are not on your normal schedule, because I know it can be a large task at times and it can be mentally taxing if you don't have that positive relationship with food to be outside of that normal schedule. So check out episode 49 if you are interested, but we have to go now to our Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. And I mentioned this community a couple of moments ago after Takeaway One. So if you're new to the podcast, the Goal Slaying community is a free private Facebook community that I run for not only my one-on-one clients, but anyone who is interested in learning more about intuitive eating and how to take those 10 principles outlined in the original intuitive eating book and apply them to their individual lives. So if you are interested, I will tell you how to join in a moment. But one of our goal slayers contributed to the community about a week ago at this point. She's actually one of my newer clients and she wrote, I just went through my Instagram and unfollowed every Fitzbo slash diet culture promoting or triggering account that I was following, except for the people that I'm actually friends with. I got stuck there because I want to see their non-diet culture posts. I figure it'll definitely be better with the majority of them being unfollowed. Hashtag down with diet culture. So this one here is a short one, but a really, really good one because I think it is so important if you are on a non-diet journey, on an intuitive eating journey, or learning how to mend and strengthen your relationship with food and self away from the throes of diet culture, then it is so important to really be aware of the opportunities you are allowing diet culture to slide into your life. Now, I realize that we don't always allow this, quote unquote, because we live in diet culture and just being a human who lives and exists in the world that we live in, you are going to be subjected to diet culture talk and some triggers and some thoughts that you might not have full control over how, when, and how often they enter your life. However, When we look at something like social media, you are completely in control of what shows up on that feed because it is your account and you can customize it to show whatever uh, accounts or whatever messages that you deem important or worthy of following. So I have an analogy that I have used in a couple of webinars and I will use sometimes with my clients when we are talking about the importance of creating a safe space on social media for you to continue along this journey. And that is the analogy of pink elephants. And it's kind of funny. I think I came up with this. I don't think I took it from anywhere, but if you know the root of this analogy or the creator, please let me know so I can give them due credit. But the pink elephant analogy goes, if I walked up to you and I said, hey, your main goal for the rest of this week is to not think about pink elephants. Do you think you can do that for me? And you said, yeah, yeah, Claire, I'm pretty sure I can just not think about the pink elephant. I said, okay, great. 
But here's the catch. I am going to give you a pink elephant t-shirt that you have to wear every day this week. I'm going to give you pink elephant socks. I'm going to give you a shower curtain with pink elephants on it. Your your pop socket on your phone is going to be a pink elephant. And the wallpaper in your house and in your office and the upholstery on the seat in your car, they're all going to be covered with pink elephants. So I'm exaggerating a little bit because it would be quite the feat to get pink elephants on all of those mediums. But what I am trying to say here is if your goal is to not think about pink elephants, or in this case, if we're translating the analogy, if your goal is to distance yourself from diet culture and create a more positive or maybe just even a more neutral relationship with food and your body, however, you are filling your social media feed with messages that tell you otherwise, or with photos that insinuate you should be doing something else, or with words, phrases, songs, do those even exist that make you think about how you have to eat a certain way or how you have to move a certain way or look a certain way, then it's going to be really hard to take your attention and your focus away from those things. So long-winded way of saying here, What my client posted in our community is very important for anyone listening to this podcast to do. Do a little social media cleanse. Someone had commented here on her post that it's the best kind of detox. It's the only kind of detox that you will need when you are working through a process like this. We don't have to detox our liver, our our bodies rather, because our internal organs do that for us. But I would highly recommend doing this social media cleanse detox, whatever you want to call it, to really create a safe and uplifting environment as much as you can within your control on your devices, on the computer, however they show up for you. So as I've been promising the entire time here that I've been speaking, I would love for you to come and join our community in the Yours Truly Goal Slayers if you are not already there. It is super simple and easy to join. You can either search me on Instagram at Claire Tuning. There is a drop down menu under the link in my bio. Just click Facebook group or Facebook application, whatever it says, and submit one of those and I will reach out to you. The other way you can join is by simply typing in the Facebook search bar, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. It should pop up as a private group. Just hit request to join. I will see that request. I will send you a personalized message in your Facebook inbox. So be on the lookout for the application that I will send you through the message. So we would love to have you. We would love to be the community that you can lean into in those times of support when you feel like you need it. And we have a lot of fun in this community, which actually brings me to the main purpose or one of the main purposes, I guess, of the podcast today which is hashtag attitude of gratitude. So we are doing something this month in the Facebook community. I have decided to give this month a theme of gratitude. 
And how can we be a little bit more present with experiences or people or places or items that we feel really thankful for? And how can we use that sense of presence or gratitude to nurture, strengthen, and further our intuitive eating journey? So the gist of this, it's not really a challenge, it's just more of a group-wide theme. It's not like our Down With Diet Culture Challenge, but the point is to have people contribute post to the community whenever they see something or have a conversation or feel any, this is going to sound very woo-woo, but a warmth in their heart. Because I really do feel like by taking a couple of extra moments to feel some gratitude towards what we already have in our lives or the experiences that we involve ourselves in or the people who we surround ourselves with, we can really add so much satisfaction and so much sweetness into our lives that we don't have to be continually searching for it or pining for more as diet culture would tell us that we need to do. So in the spirit of the attitude of gratitude, which is if I haven't convinced you to come join our Facebook community already, please do. It's going to be an incredible month of so much positivity and helping to lift each other up. I wanted to just take a couple of moments and talk about gratitude and what it is and why I believe it to be super a super important part rather or an integral piece of the intuitive eating puzzle and I actually want to end this episode by giving you two takeaways two challenges it'll kind of be like a a coaching call in a way where you're going to walk out of this episode with two goals that I want you to focus on if they move you if the spirit moves you because I think they might be really helpful for you if you are listening to this podcast so I did the typical Google what gratitude means when I was doing some research for this podcast because I'm a big fan of defining the thing that we are talking about so we can all be on the same page and understanding what I am meaning when I say the word gratitude because I think it might mean a little bit something different for everyone because we're all different humans and we're entitled to have those different opinions or those different definitions. But according to Dr. Google, as we would say, the definition of gratitude is a quality of being thankful or a readiness to show appreciation for and a return to kindness. And when I was looking up a couple of different quotes on gratitude, I know we have like a million, I do at least, that pop into my head when I hear the word gratitude, but one that I really love comes from a woman called Kirsten Armstrong, and she says, when we focus on gratitude, the tide of disappointment goes out and the tide of love rushes in. So this is why I think it is so important on any health journey, again, whatever health means to you, but specifically an intuitive eating journey because we are trained by diet culture, that water that we swim in analogy, to feel continually disappointed in ourselves or use that sense of disappointment or feeling not good enough or not worthy enough to propel us into action, usually on a path that is filled with a lot of diety things, right? We don't feel worthy enough in our own body, so we go towards calorie tracking to manipulate what goes into our body to therefore manipulate how we appear. 
or we don't feel air quote good enough or accepted enough the way we are. So we think, well, maybe if I hop on this diet, that gives me a 21 day fix and I eat air quote perfectly, then that will be something that I have done for myself that is air quote good. So I really think that diet culture gives us this feeling that nothing we do is good enough and that we as we are, aren't something to be grateful for because why in the world would we be thankful for something that we are always told that we need to change or that isn't good enough? So I really believe on a non-diet or an intuitive eating journey, this gratitude piece really falls in with the unlearning and the relearning process that we talk about. If any of my clients are listening, maybe you are nodding your head in your car right now while you're washing your dishes saying, if Claire says unlearning, and relearn one more time, I'm a slapper. But it is so important on this journey to not only unlearn things like diet rules and unlearn behaviors like tracking our food or getting stressed out about movement or tracking our weight, but it's also really important to unlearn how diet culture has taught us to think. And really all of those things that I mentioned kind of go hand in hand. They can't really be separated from the way that we think. But I think if we have been taught year after year or month after month to believe Leave, we have to change in order to feel grateful for our bodies or in order to celebrate what we have, then that is a big thing that we have to work on unlearning. And gratitude, in my opinion, is really the antidote, right? When we can feel grateful or just even acknowledge something that we do have or something that we can feel peace towards, it kind of takes kind of like that saying goes, what we have into enough. Now, I know everybody's experience with this, with their health, with their own bodies is going to be different. So this is a very nuanced conversation, and I am by no means saying that you have to feel super awesome about everything in your life right now, because I think that's kind of a lofty goal that might not land well for anyone listening to this podcast, but I think we can find a couple of things that we do have to just level with and to recognize because when we are able to do that, I think it gives us a tight grip on the metaphorical rope saying, I have to control or this has to change before I can feel grateful for that, then you might not be doing yourself a service and you might be making this journey harder on yourself than it needs to be. It's going to be hard. No one ever said that the unlearning and relearning process was going to be easy, but I don't want you to make it even more arduous on yourself than it needs to be. So what I want to do here as we end our episode, I want to leave you with two takeaways, two wishes for yourself, goals maybe some might even say, but if they land with you, if they resonate. And what I'm saying here in this episode really kind of rings a bell of, I really need to be better at that, better at reflecting, better at identifying the things that I do have in ways that I can work for my body rather than against it. I hope you will listen and implement both of these practices into your daily life. Because what I'm doing here is I'm giving you like a little mini free coaching session. So I hope you will use this to this to your this to your to your advantage if you find it applicable to where you are now. So the first thing that I want to encourage you to do right after you hit pause or end here on the episode, of course, only if you are in a safe place to do this right now. If you're not, if you're driving, do this later. 
But I want to encourage you to openly express your gratitude for someone or something or some experience. And what I mean by openly express it is not just to mutter inside of your own headspace, oh, I'm so grateful for X, Y, and Z. I mean to think of that thing that you feel abundance towards or that you feel so lucky or thankful to have or that if you didn't have that thing, your life would be a heck of a lot worse than it is right now. I want you to think of that thing and then openly express. So if it's an individual, shoot them a text, give them a call, tell them when you get home today and you see them. If it is a thing, maybe you take a photo and you post it to social media, give me a tag saying, hey, I'm super grateful for this plant that I have on my desk because it adds color and vibrance to my day. That came to my mind because I'm staring at my desk plant right now. Or maybe if it's an experience, you can let someone know who is at that experience. Hey, I'm so grateful that we got the chance to connect while we were doing this thing. Or, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I had the privilege of being able to travel and be in a different location and experience X, Y, and Z. Or maybe this will even have something to do with your relationship with food. I think we can all agree that having access to food and being able to eat, air quote, intuitively or in attunement with hunger and fullness cues, that's a major privilege in and of itself. So maybe if you're finding yourself enjoying a meal that you really like or you find really satisfying, maybe you openly express your gratitude towards the person who cooked it. Maybe that's yourself. Maybe you write yourself a thank you note. Maybe you put a sticky note on the fridge to keep you grounded in how much of a privilege it is to have the opportunity to nourish your body in a way that you enjoy and in a way that you choose. So that is tip number one. Goal number one, whatever you want to call it, openly express your gratitude for someone or something as soon as you safely can after this episode concludes. The second thing that I want to encourage you to do is implement a practice like this in your daily life. So you could take what you did in goal number one and replicate that once daily and watch how that spirit of generosity or curiosity for this intuitive eating journey, watch how it grows when you can just say, well, look at what I do have today or look at what I was able to do for myself today to help X, Y, and Z or look at all the awesome people in my life who I have in my corner to support me. So one way that I really love to implement a gratitude practice into my daily life is to have a little journaling practice before I go to bed. So if the word journaling makes you want to run away and hide, (laughs) I can very much resonate with you because I used to feel the same way. I thought journaling meant that I had to spew all of my thoughts and feelings and experiences from the day on a piece of paper, which in my personal life, I just don't have the energy to do late at night. But ever since I have started implementing a a journaling practice that resonates with me, aka it is two lines long, it has become a staple in my nightly routine to really help keep me focused on the things that did go really well in my day and the things that I do have to be thankful for. And it is such a cool experience to look back over my two lines from every day of the month, every day of the year. It almost gives you a little timestamp on your life so that when you're having a low moment, 
when something doesn't go your way, when you're feeling really hard on yourself, you have 30 days, 90 days, 157 days worth of gratitude to look back on and say, awesome. I need to check myself right now because look at all of the things that have added value or added sweetness to my life over the past year, 30 days, whatever it might be. So what I personally do, if this resonates with you, feel free to steal it. But what I do in my nightly routine is I write one line of gratitude. So something that happened that day that I loved, that I felt very thankful for. Again, it could be a person, a client, an experience, a thing that I have access to food, whatever it is. And the second statement is usually an affirmation saying, I am X, Y, and Z, or I have X, Y, and Z. So we're constantly training this mindset of I have, I do, or there is an abundance of X, Y, and Z so that we have more mental space to do other things than beat ourselves up. Because going to bed feeling really down on yourself is not the most positive experience. Again, I know everyone might experience this to different extents, but I really do think if you can take just a couple of moments, whether it's one line or two lines, to record something and mentally scan and go back over your day and look for something positive or look for something neutral even, it can be a practice that adds a lot of value in the very short amount of time that it takes. So like I said, if any of those pieces of encouragement, if those goals resonate with you, I highly encourage you to jump into those practices and of course to jump into our community the Your Shuli Goal Slayers, where we will be celebrating the attitude of gratitude all month long. So if you choose to do these two things, maybe you can post them in our community. We can be that supportive group that holds you accountable and helps you to see all of these beautiful things and connect with all of these incredible people in the community. So that is all I have for you today, my friends. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, it was a little bit less food focused. There was definitely some food stuff in there somewhere. But if you enjoyed this episode or if you get value out of any of the episodes here on the Yours Truly podcast, please do not hesitate to leave a rating, a five-star one to be exact, or if I can pick and choose. Uh, Tap those five stars, leave a review, tell us anything you learn, tell me what you love about the podcast, because the more of those positive words we can get, the greater this platform will continue to grow and reach those ears of all the peeps who might benefit from the message. So I hope you have an incredible rest of your week. Thank you for being here. I am truly grateful that you spent the last 41 minutes with me. If there's anything I can ever do for you, please reach out on social media and we will talk soon. Yours truly, Claire.